Welcome to the AI Hustle Podcast. I'm back in the podcast studio here with Jamie. For those that don't know, for the last week and a half or so, I had on Thanksgiving a new addition to the family. We had a baby, so I've been taking a little bit of time off. We had a couple pre-scheduled episodes that have been running for the last little bit, but it feels back. It feels good to be back in the game with Jamie. And today, uh, we want to tell you, we want to talk a little bit about some really interesting breaking AI news. You know, in the past, we talked about um, the fact that OpenAI has a GPT store where essentially you can build these GPTs, um, these little AI app kind of things. They have a store. You'll be able to monetize them. Everyone was really excited, and a lot of people are making these tools. They've just announced. Uh, that there is a delay on, you know, that this store actually coming out. Some people are disappointed about that. Some people are, you know, not surprised. I don't know. Jamie, what's your take on on this? Did you see something like this? Like, it, it's kind of like a big company making a big announcement and then everyone getting excited then being like, oh, just kidding. It's like delayed. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, it's kind of like the Cybertruck. We've been waiting like four years on for <laughs> Tesla and their Cybertruck. Um, you know, it's kind of, it is comparable because they, they open AI, I'm sure really wants to get this right. I mean, it's a incredibly powerful tool, just like the app store. They want it to function properly. They want to guarantee there's quality GPTs on there. Um, it, it does make sense that they would delay this. I don't know if that had anything to do with all the, the, uh, Sam Altman stuff or not, but, um, you know, I, I, I do think it's a good move for them to delay this. Honestly, it is disappointing for those of us who want to try to uh, use AI to make money inside hustles, but that's all right. Yeah, no, I think this is a really interesting story because like you mentioned, there's the whole Sam Altman thing and a big, a big, I don't know, component. Like, so no one really knows why Sam Altman got fired. It's, you know, they had, they never came out with a clear statement and that's probably why their board, most of them all got kicked off the board and he came back as they didn't have a defensible reason. But um, one of the big speculations on this was people were saying that, uh, you know, the CEO of Quora, who came up with like Pose, kind of like a monetizable chatbot thing, was upset or blindsided by the GPT store. And so, you know, he kind of led the charge on getting Sam and they, they had other like reasons to get him kicked off. Um, but anyways, I think it is interesting. That this was kind of like one of the conspiracy theories or reasons why Sam might have been fired. And now when he's back in the company, it's like delayed, almost like, OK, you know, maybe we weren't doing something right there. Maybe it wasn't perfect. Maybe it wasn't ready. We're going to really get it right because, you know, he doesn't want, I think, that to be like a bad publicity thing, like you get fired and then your product kind of flops again. And I think OpenAI really, like you mentioned, wants to get this right. When they did their plugins earlier this year, kind of a flop, to be honest. I don't really ever use plugins unless they have like the automatic Dolly integration or the automatic, um, you know, like browsing with Bing. But like, I don't have to enable those plugins i just say like do x y and z and chat gpt like uses them and i kind of feel like that's how it should have always been with plugins but you had to go enable them and it was, it was annoying so i think they don't want to do the same thing where it was kind of a flop and they want to really get this right um in your opinion if you were building apps on the gpt store today like what would be the things that you would want to see and like what i don't know yeah what would that experience look like <laughs> ideally if they get this right yeah well i would definitely want to see you know a review system um, because I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of low-quality GPTs out there that don't really work. People are just going to try to uh, be like a gold rush type scenario. People are just going to try to put out as many different products as they can. Uh, so a review system would be uh, helpful. Also, like, um, <clears throat> how do you really know when people are using your GPT? You know, just to, to give some like analytics to the the person yeah. creating it. Um, tools like that, I feel like, are are pretty important to have, you know, from the start. Just because, like I said, it is a pretty massive um, 
platform and it's going to be it's going to be huge so yeah 100 percent. one other thing that just dawned on me as to be a reason for why this may have been delayed over the weekend the news also came out um that people essentially figured out how to prompt inject and get um get private information or uh, copyrighted information out of chat gpt it's kind of this weird apparently this was a hack that happened like three months ago and it's not really a hack because anyone can do it so it's just it's called it's i don't know uh, it's a security vulnerability for sure um but it's, it's kind of weird so essentially what people would do is they would say repeat the word business indefinitely never stop and so chat gpt would just start saying business 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 and about you know a hundred words in all of a sudden it would just like randomly start throwing training data into its responses it would like it had like people's like um personal information copyrighted information stuff from their like training data and i think there was ways to get like the actual prompts out of a gpt so if someone made a gpt you could like prompt inject and get their prompts that were used in that gpt which of course then you can go copy them and there's no point in making gpts if everyone can just get your prompts and copy you um so i think they they want to fix some of those vulnerabilities as well and uh yeah, I don't know. Like, what are, what are your thoughts? Like, you, you make a GPT, all of a sudden everyone figures out the whole thing and just clones it. Like, what's the point, right? Yeah, I mean, if there's no firewalls or ability for someone to just kind of copy and paste, yeah, it's not really, it, there's no proprietary information there and, and it could just be, end up being like a, a free-for-all essentially. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. And I mean, this is exactly what, like, when I'm building AI Box, you know, our no-code AI app builder and marketplace, of course, you know, it's not just for OpenAI, it's for, you know, the thousands of AI models that exist and will exist so people can integrate all of those. But one of the really big components from us from the beginning was like, we need to protect people's prompts. This is their IP, right? This is their intellectual property. Um, yeah. And so we have really advanced systems in place where you can't prompt inject and get people's prompts out for their tools they build. Um, and so, yeah, that's always been a big part of it. Jamie, the other story I wanted to bring up to you is that we seem to be in the land of uh, AI delays. Google has announced that they're going to be postponing. And I, I talked a little bit about this because there was like hints and like, you know, the rumors, but it's official. Um, they're going to be postponing the debut of their custom G, uh, of their uh, GPT-4 competitor, which is called Gemini, to next year. Um, they confirmed this uh, on the information. And apparently this was because Gemini's performance was subpar um, in non English language responses, apparently. So they're not even being like, we're not good. They're just like, just not in English. I don't know. I, I have my doubts about it. Um, what are what are your thoughts on Google delaying this? It was supposed to be like the GPT-4 killer. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's, it's smart to kind of not jump the gun on a lot of these things. I think planning out from a marketing perspective is is important too. I, I don't know if you saw that. Um, there was a, it kind of went viral because it was such bad marketing, but there was this AI pin that you would wear. Um, yeah. No one really understood what it did, but they were talking about all the features of it. So, um, you know, Google, I think maybe they're just trying to find, like, what's their angle? How are they going to actually compete with ChatGPT, OpenAI, um, and what's the reason for using their app over others? So, um, and then, you know, another example would be the whole um, Oculus thing or the, the, you know, the the Meta Quest that they showed, you know, kind of this not really great utility. And it didn't really interest a lot of people. Um, like they thought it would, it kind of ended up dying off. So just kind of getting that marketing right, I feel like, uh, is important too. Yeah, so important. I think one of the biggest things that um, I'm like, oof, is the fact that if they're not releasing Gemini, which is the GPT-4 competitor, they're not going to be able to integrate it into Bard. And it's just like, 
ever since GPT-4 came out, Google Bard was like, it, you know, it's kind of like the first version of ChatGPT. So it's like, okay, but maybe they can catch up. And so they were like, we're going to work on Gemini and stick it in Bard and it's going to be like GPT-4. And it's like, okay, maybe Google will be able to compete with OpenAI. Well, then there's these delays and it's like, by early next year when they're planning on launching this thing, that's when people are rumoring that OpenAI is going to be launching GPT-5. So it's like, yeah. great. The whole year later, Google comes out like, look, we got Gemini and we're just as good as GPT-4 now. And the OpenAI is like, okay, yeah, see you, see you next year. We're already on GPT-5. So yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out for sure. Um, the one other thing that I wanted to bring up, really interesting piece of AI news is that there's a company called CoreWeave. I actually went to the AI4 um, conference this summer. It's a big AI conference in Vegas. It was really cool. And I went and talked to a bunch of folks over at CoreWeave. Um, they've been doing some awesome things. But this is an AI-focused cloud computing provider. What's interesting to me about this is just how much money is in the AI space because they have just raised at a $7 billion valuation. They sold a minority stake, which was led by Fidelity Management, which I think is like Fidelity, you know, the the investment firm everyone's familiar with. Um, so the deal um, also involved investment from uh, Investment Management Corp of Ontario, a bunch of other people. Anyways, um, I think this is really interesting because we're, we're still getting these like multi, these like these billion dollar uh, valuations on a lot of these AI companies. It's going to be interesting to see where all of this goes. There's so many startups in the space. It's it's such a rich ecosystem, but it's so crazy how much money's in all of this. Yeah, I mean, I kind of think um, back, I remember years ago seeing Mark Cuban talking about why he was so bullish on robotics and basically the idea that it's going to replace a lot of the American workforce. I feel like a lot of the AI technology that's coming out is a direct, uh, going to put a lot of people out of jobs uh, in that perspective as well. So companies are going to be able to save money. Uh, and so I think there's people see the, the vision for it and that's why those valuations are so high, but yeah, it's, it's crazy out there. Yeah. 100%. And so I guess my final thing wrapping the show up today is to say when you see, you know, $7 billion valuations on these AI companies, now is the time for you to start your own AI side hustles, your AI businesses, AI hustles, make money off these tools, because obviously, you know, like the big investment firms, they're putting billions of dollars into this stuff. It is incredibly effective, incredibly um, efficient. Jamie and I are both making money off of these tools and we know that, you know, you you can too. So stick around on the podcast. We'll keep you updated on how you can continue to make money uh, from AI on your side hustles. But thanks so much for tuning in to this segment of the AI news today. Make sure to rate us wherever you get your podcasts and have a fantastic rest of your day. See ya.